connects. Connects, the new Snap Together color-coded construction set. Hi, Frank McDade here. I'm your host for What Not Fun, a podcast on work and play. Each episode, we dig deep into the play history of our guests and uncover the parallels between how they played as a child and how they keep work fun as an adult. For our first episode, we have a really great friend of mine who I met at my very first job. I am Tanya Farrell. I am a digital marketer. I've been doing digital marketing for about 10 years now. Um, right now, I work at a major casino in Wisconsin. And uh, in addition to marketing, I am working on building a career in fiction writing. I wanted to talk to Tanya for a few reasons. First was due to how many passion projects she has had over the years, which you'll hear a bit more about later, and also how important having time to have fun is to her. To start, we dug deep inside of Tanya's brain to see what made her who she is today. That required that we talked a little Tanya to see what toys she played with and what activities she would do. All right. Um, so I think there's a, a few different things here. My parents were really good about getting me building toys. So that was kind of one of my, my first um, games, I guess, to play with. Not really a game, but I had an erector set. I had um, connects, which are kind of like Legos. I never had Legos, though. Um, so kind of building different uh, devices and like little robots and things like that. That was kind of, I think with the connect, you could build a Ferris wheel. Uh, those are the tangible toys I remember the most. Um, I also had like a railroad set so I could build railroad tracks and like have, you know, a little train run around it. Um, and then like Barbies and GI Joes and like, yeah, I, I think those are like the major toys I remember. With the Barbies and G.I. Joes, those are kind of like imagination games, I would call them, you know, where you're just making up stories and kind of, uh, you know, watching them play out, I guess. Um, and since I was an only child, I feel like a lot of the games I played were either with my parents or alone. So um, a lot of those director sets, railroad cars, connects, um, Barbies, G.I. Joes, those are things I could play with by myself without, you know, any any siblings or friends around um and then with my parents i did a lot of like board games and things like that um yeah those are the more tangible tangible toys i played with but i do have a i listened to a recording a while ago of me and my mom playing some sort of imagination game um and she was being super frustrating i was getting frustrated it was like little tanya getting frustrated at my mom because she wasn't following the rules and she wasn't like saying the lines that she was supposed to. So I don't remember what the game was, but making up scenarios was kind of something I did a lot. Um, and I also remember with the neighborhood get kids, I lived in an apartment complex. Um, you would always play out these like imagination games. I keep calling them that because I don't know what else to call them. Playing pretend. That's what the kids call it. <laughs> um, and I remember one time uh, I played one of the games we were playing was like throwing a party. So um, it was me organizing a couple of the, the neighborhood kids to like throw this imaginary party. I don't remember who it was for, 
Um, and something like my parents quote all the time is my cousin who also lived in that complex um, saying, you're not the boss of me, Tanya, um, because I was very bossy as a kid. And I had rules I wanted people to follow to play the game out the way I wanted it played. Um, and those are kind of the biggest memories. The, the only other thing, and this is something I actually don't remember, but my parents were visiting recently and my mom reminded me, I think actually she reminded me of the phone. She reminded me of this, but my dad was really into education, uh, like supplemental education after school. So I would do a lot of like math notebooks and things like that. And I remember those. Um, and I remember him like giving me books to read a lot. Um, and like, I always had what felt like an unlimited book budget when I, when scholastic book fair would come around to schools. Um, but my mom reminded me that he would also have me write book reports for him and he would grade them. And I don't remember this. So I imagine it must've, it must not have felt like homework when I was a kid. It was probably something fun for me to, to read something and talk about it with someone and, and write about it. Um, so that's something that, that I also enjoyed as a kid. So imagination games, reading, writing, um, and building things and planning things and bossing people around. Those were my favorite activities as a child. I really love that not only was your one of your favorite things bossing people around, but also your dad made you write book reports for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he, yeah, he's very interesting. He also, I think that's like where I get a lot of my creativity from because he would also plan I would always have these huge birthday parties um, when I was growing up and I would like invite pretty much every kid in my class um, and he would make up games for them. Like, I don't know where he got these game ideas from because we didn't have the internet or he didn't use the internet back then, but he would like make up all these games for us to play all day for kids to win prizes and, and different games and things like that. So he really liked, he was kind of bossy too, I guess, um, in, a, in his own much nicer way than I am but he liked making rules and like having people participate in the way that he envisioned. <laughs> you had mentioned, you know, you're an only child. And so that means there was a lot of solo play growing up. Did you find that in the time to be challenging or, you know, did were you even aware of the fact that, you know, you didn't have brothers and sisters or somebody to play with all the time? I think sometimes it was challenging, maybe less so when I was a really little kid, but by the time, I was like 11 or 12, it was really frustrating to me. Because um, my parents, they took me on a trip to Disney World for my birthday, um, which is like so nice of them. And I was such a brat at that age that I hated that I had to hang out with them 24 seven on this trip. I was like, everyone else here, like every other kid I see is with friends or with their, um, you know, with their siblings. So they're able to like, have fun with someone their own age but like I was always my parents were my best playmates basically so I, I played a lot of games that were more that were that adults could have fun playing as well that adults could have fun doing as well like board games um and puzzles like I still have a collection of puzzles because that's what my dad was into and I played chess with my dad a lot um so it was like a lot of more adult games so I, I think we got to know little Tanya a little bit. So what I would like to do now is maybe see 
um, from the world that you've built in describing your childhood to us, are there parallels from where you were as a child to who you are today? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, obviously, creativity is a, a big thing. So, like, I would say most of the games I played were imagination games, like making up scenarios um, and giving people roles and to play. Um, and I think that really has transformed into what I do with writing, where it's like you're constantly making up scenarios. And I feel like that's the easiest part of writing for me is, like, I know a lot of people struggle with like, oh my God, what do I write about? What what plot, what story? I can come up with a thousand stories. It's super easy for me. Um, and I think that's something that I, I really got from childhood. Um, and I also think the idea of building things or like creating something from nothing, that really has been something I've done all throughout my life. Um, I think it's part of sort of my more entrepreneurial spirit. Um, when I was in high school, I actually started our first uh, newspaper. We didn't have a newspaper at our school, so I started that. I got people together. I was like, I want you to tell your stories, and, like, you know, we'll publish it, and it'll be great. And it wasn't great because no one wanted to read a newspaper, but <laughs> I still did it. Um, and then as a teen, I also worked on um, – this project called Waukesha Teens Online, which was like a, a gathering space for teenagers, and it was, had resources for teenagers um, in Waukesha, my hometown. So uh, kind of building things and creating things from nothing. Uh, later on, I, I built a fashion line before. Again, another unsuccessful project, but I did it. <laughs> um, I also uh, started a magazine in adulthood. Uh, so that was, again, I liked the idea of like creating something. I love just the act of creation. Um, I think that's a lot of fun to see all of the things in your head come to life. Uh, I would say like the puzzles and, and board games and kind of even like the workbooks and stuff. I enjoyed doing that when I was a kid, the workbooks my dad would get me like those educational things. Um, I think that's, a lot of that is centered around problem solving and in marketing I feel like that's something that I really uh, do while I'm kind of in, in my marketing role um, there is a lot of problem solving and I find that enjoyable I also would say like that imagination component is one of the ways I make any job I'm in a little more fun like if I'm going through it and it's it's kind of gotten routine or boring. I do think it's very easy to get kind of stuck in a routine with a job, um, especially digital marketing where you have to kind of do the same things, especially if they're successful. You have to do the same things over and over and over again um, in order to, to make your marketing campaign work, uh, to make your SEO work, to make, you know, whatever your social media campaign work. Um, I think you have to constantly come up with ways to make those roles fun um, and being able to, to use your imagination to think about what all of the infinite possibilities of something are. I, I think that's something that I use in my workday quite a bit. Tanya listed some great examples of how solo play evolved into her entrepreneurial spirit. 
Now, I wanted to look into the parallels between playing alone as a child and having to work with groups of people as an adult to create things such as a magazine or even the newspaper from her teenage years. We'll get to learn a bit more about socialization as fun versus socialization for work and how though Tanya can collaborate, working solo is her sweet spot. Yeah, I think there definitely are parallels. Um, I think social play is something I really... uh, enjoy and I think writing is obviously something you do um, solo you do it on your own um, usually if you're writing a book so I I really enjoy that but I also find that socialization is a way I make things fun for myself Um, and I don't know when when I really discovered that but I remember like I feel like my ideal working situation is kind of what we had um, at BGT, Frank, when we were both working in the same office, but we were working on separate things. And like, it's like having that social, having like a partner there, but you're not necessarily working together all the time. (laughs) Like I like being, I like working alone, but being with people. Um, And I, and I've started a lot of projects on my own um, that are probably too big to be on your own. And I've also started this magazine where I started incorporating a lot of people um, because if you're in publishing, you know, you're working with the writers, you're working with editors, you're working with designers, you're working with artists, um, you're working with a lot of people. And I think what I'm finding now, I'm, I'm 32 and it's been like 10 years of me like trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Um, I'm, I'm realizing more that I don't really enjoy the working with people aspect as much as I like working around people, if that makes sense. Around college, like post-college, I started doing a lot of collaborative writing online. So I was part of a lot of different writing groups where we would work on the same story together. And I really enjoyed that. So it led me down this path of like, oh, maybe I maybe what I really want to do is be a TV writer um, and work in a writer's room where it's like, we're all working together to, to build this story and to bring something to fruition. Um, And still sometimes I think like, Oh, well that could be a really cool career um, to walk down. But then um, a few years ago I got laid off and I had an opportunity to spend, I chose to spend the time instead of looking for another job. I chose to spend the time writing um, my own, and I, I wrote a few novellas, um, and that made me realize, no, I, even though I enjoy writing with other people, I enjoy writing and having complete control of a story myself so much more, um, so it wasn't really that, that dream of kind of like being in a writer's room and, and working with a lot of people, while I, I think I could do it, it's not the ideal for me anymore, um, and then I, maybe like a year ago, I started exploring this idea of like, well, maybe I want to be a publisher because I love encouraging people to express themselves. Um, and like, I love building things, you know, and, and, and seeing them come to fruition. So, um, I was like, maybe I'll, I'll create this magazine. It's an idea I've had before in high school. I I launched this newspaper. I was like, okay, well, let me do this. And then, you know, throughout that process, I really realized, I don't enjoy how much I have to work with people in order to make this 
uh, come to life. Um, it's a lot of like one-on-one interaction. You're working with, you know, 10 to 20 people um, every month in order to get something live and produced. And that I find pretty draining because I am an introverted person. So um, it's taken me a while to figure out that, again, that, that ideal situation for me is like, oh, I'm working on my own project, but I'm around someone else where I can talk to them occasionally and, like, we can, you know, bounce ideas off of each other. And, um, you know, that's the the most fun for me is, like, using socialization as a break um, in my work to make my work more fun um, rather than socialization being, like, necessary in order for me to produce a product. I love working with others. I love collaborating My whole business at the Improv Agency is centered around bringing play into the workplace and improving collaboration. At the end of the day, though, there are times that I do like to work alone, such as on a strategy project. That way I I can move as fast as I want and not seek permission. But by the time that I'm done, I do want some sort of validation from somebody. And here's Tanya's view on feedback from different kinds of people. Yeah, feedback is so important. Um, And like I learned that when I was Again, when I was doing a lot of that collaborative writing, I was also publishing online. So um, it was like every week almost you're getting feedback on something and like you're working with someone and you're constantly getting feedback on your writing. They're like, oh, I love this part. Like, let's keep writing. Let's keep working on this. So that was really fun to me um, is that that validation. Um, And I think I mistook that for like, oh, I want to work with people all the time. It's like, no, I just want to create things and have people love it. And I want the feedback like to happen all the time instead of, you know, after a year of hibernating and working on a novel. Like I, w- I want the feedback all the time. I don't mind collaboration. You know, I think I can, like I said, I could, I could do the, the writer's room thing. So I can, I definitely don't mind collaboration in a professional setting at work. Um, Kid Tanya loved being bossy. I still like being bossy. So I like setting a direction and seeing people work towards it. Um, And I think I'm a pretty good collaborator. People tend to like working with me and for me um, because I do tend to have a more laid back approach. I don't want to talk to you all the time. So I'm not going to be in your face all the time about what project or what task I've assigned you to. It's like, I'm going to set a direction for, for what this is. Um, I'm going to let you run for it. Then I'll check back. Is it okay? Is it good? Um, Here's my feedback. And then I let you run with it again. Like, I, I think I'm a, a pretty easy person to kind of collaborate with and work with um, in that sense. While we were talking about feedback, we got onto the topic of hot-headed people. I really didn't want to say, like, I just don't give a fuck, but that's kind of how I, I feel about certain things. It's like, this is just not important enough to me. Like, any job I have, like, I can always get another job. I can always, like... Um, in marketing, at least, none, nothing we do is about saving lives. Um, nothing we do is, you know, a life and death matter. We're not doctors. We're not surgeons. So uh, I will always, like, put out my opinion, say what I, I believe, and stick by that. But I'm not going to kind of fight with you and, like, struggle and, like, go through all of this hardship just to make something right or, like, to my precise vision because sometimes people just need to learn that they're wrong <laughs> on their own, <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really 
have that in me where it's like I'm butting heads with people constantly. I just don't enjoy that. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of environments that people seek out are those situations where you don't have to butt heads, right? You know? Right, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think developing a workplace where you have that sort of cooperation and sort mm-hmm. of the the um, you know ability to actually work with another individual and not feel heated um, you know those are things I think we all strive for so I think you're you know I don't give a f comment <laughs> I think I, I think you know what I mean it's not that you don't care it's just right, if yeah, you're put yeah. into those situations it's not worth it's not worth it you know well um, yeah and that's how companies lose employees I really think is like if they have fostered an environment and I'm sure you can imagine one I may be thinking of um, where there is so much fighting where it's like your opinions aren't valued. Um, and it's like the person with the loudest voice, the person that's screaming over the, the conference phone, if that person gets their way all the time, then the company is losing out. Like your clients are losing out. Um, you are definitely going to lose those good employees who have good ideas, but just aren't willing to put in a fight for it because they're sane. <laughs> Because they have boundaries. (laughs) No, sure. Yeah, I really do think it's important for companies to keep an eye on that. Like, if you have problematic people on your staff, then um, you're definitely losing employees. You're losing, and you may not even lose them, but you're eventually they're going to start stop talking. You know, they're going to stop contributing because um, it's just not worth the energy to to do that. They'd rather just you know keep collecting that paycheck. and keep their sanity. Yeah. Oh, and that's just that that eats away at I think a lot of what I fight for in a corporate job, which is again like instilling a sense of play, like if, in those scenarios yeah. where things are so rigid and, you know, one person the loudest person as you mentioned is the one that's right, like you're not giving people the ability to build skills and, you mm-hmm. know, I mean even though they're smart are they, you know, starting maybe that's their first job and they last quite a few years there, you know, are they building anything from like emotional development, you know, like the self-esteem, right, yeah. the courage to actually stand up for what they believe in? Are they, yeah. you know, building planning uh, and and like organizational skills from like a cognitive development point of view like so yeah a lot of these things are developed through play and having like an open environment and yes a lot of it applies to children but i mean aren't we all just big children constantly <laughs> learning you know so i yeah. i think you sort of hit on like a nerve of mine at least which is let's let's be more open let's have a more collaborative um and open work environment that actually allows people to operate on their own, but then come back to the greater good and not dread it. Right. Well, cause if people enjoy their jobs, they're going to contribute so much more. It is so much easier to be productive and to be excited about things when you enjoy the people you work with and you're having fun doing what you do. Um, and I've had jobs where it's exactly like that. And I've had jobs that haven't been. Um, and, you know, I've obviously been at, the the fun jobs a lot longer (laughs) so yeah it's a it's really hard um it's a really hard thing to deal with when when a company doesn't operate that way 
so for these fun jobs, the jobs that you've enjoyed the most, um, and even the ones that you didn't enjoy the most, um, is there any sense of play that you have brought into the workplace in your adulthood in order to, you know, keep things fresh, keep things lively? I think for me, it's, it's having a sense of humor about things and, um, really, I don't want to say not caring because I, I do care about kind of what I do and, and the results I bring, but ensuring that everyone understands this isn't life and death and that we should be having fun with what we're doing. Um, right now I work in a really fun industry. I work in the gaming industry. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to have fun and, and crack a few jokes here and there. Um, and for me in this current role I'm in, socialization is a big part of what makes it fun for me. Um, and that is, you know, really working on building those relationships with different people throughout the company and on my team and, you know, making sure we're talking about things that aren't work-related sometimes because um, I think the more fun you have with people and kind of the more you know them, um, the, the less intense everything becomes, the easier it is to work on, on projects together um, and, and all of that jazz. So I would say that I'm probably one of the most frequent and loudest laughers <laughs> in our office. Um, that's something I always get comments on is, oh, my God, I can hear your laugh, Tanya. Um, and then just, like, laid back and being laid back, cracking jokes every once in a while um, and having a good time in that sense. Um, and I would say setting up challenges for myself is a big one. Um, or And challenges for for kind of the team I work with so again like I said a lot of jobs can become really routine where you're constantly like you know you're just doing the same thing all the time and when I find myself getting to that point what I do is remove all all of the rules like get rid of all the rules we've had in place, all of our limitations around budget, around, um, you know, bandwidth, around resources, and just think about, like, oh, my God, what would I do if I was starting over? Like, what would what would we do, you know, if we had all the time and money in the world? Um, and I like kind of painting that picture and bringing it to, to life for at least one other person on our team so I can get them rubbed up with me about, hey, this is what we could be doing. Like, we could be doing amazing things. Um, and then setting a plan to get there that is too ambitious and we're not going to hit, um, you know, like it's impossible to do. It's a scary kind of prospect. Um, but it's like you, you work on it and you see what happens. <laughs> you get, you may not, uh, kind of reach that, that envision, but you'll get halfway there or you'll get a, even a fourth of the way there. And it's like, this was a fun challenge. It, it was exciting to see what would happen if we, went balls to the wall with something um and we'll you know we'll we'll make some progress um it may not be that that ideal vision but we'll, we'll make some progress on something coming up with impossible ideas that that are that we're not gonna we're not gonna achieve these but why don't we try and see what happens because um, that's fun sometimes i mean in writing i have different challenges like i'll do like time challenges and um, I'll do like put on a playlist of music and try to come up with a story idea for every single song I listen to. 
um, and like start writing it. Those are little challenges I do on the writing front, but writing does tend to be a lot more fun for me. So that's an easy one to make fun. Don't you think you could apply some of that to your job though? I mean, I love that idea of creating a playlist and then trying to write an, uh, a prompt or something from each of the songs. Um, yeah. I, I could see you also doing that at work. I mean, I, I don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for various parts of what you own. Yeah, yeah. We probably could. It would be interesting. I do do time challenges at work, like during a day, if I'm really, um, you know, spaced out and, and don't want to work, which I hope everyone has the days like that. Like, I'm not alone on that. Uh, but there are some days where I just like don't want to be there. I don't want to work right now. Um, I'll just set up time challenges where it's like, okay, I'm going to try to get this two-hour report done in a half hour and see what happens. And, you know, you get a lot further than you would if you were just kind of dicking around and, and taking your time with it. So there there are little challenges I'll set for myself that way. Well, we can flip the question a little bit and make it something – related to what you do or don't do um it could be something from when we talked about your early childhood with little tanya do you have any <laughs> advice for others on how to keep play alive oh advice for others on how to keep play alive and this can be in your professional setting this yeah can be, you know it could be pretty much anything but my hope is it's something that blends your work and play environment i would say my biggest advice would be to really take inventory of your life and figure out what your priorities are um because i would argue for most people if you prioritize everything in your life like getting some little report done launching some website so it's perfect um all these like little things that we get bogged down in at work, they are not the most important thing in your life. Um, usually the most important things in your life are uh, being happy, um, developing relationships with other people. Um, you know, even, <laughs> even if it's like, oh, financial stability. So like making money is more important than like worrying about like, is this thing perfect? Um, so I think once you, once you prioritize kind of really look at what's the priority in your life and remind yourself of that constantly, I think you begin to approach work differently. Um, you begin to to realize that all the little things you're working on, they're not worth your stress. Um, you should be more stressed out about like, oh, am I, do I have a good relationship with the person I have to work with every day? Like that should be more stressful to you than like whether some report is perfect or whether you, you know, you hit a target on, you know, a goal target at work. Um, I, I think once you kind of understand kind of what your priority priorities are, you begin to have more fun at work because you're not focused on that, those little kind of like minutia things. You're focused on like, oh, am I actually happy in what I'm doing? You know, how do I make myself happy? Um, when was the last time I was my happiest? And how can I bring that into to work? Um, you know, like, I always find myself like super happy when I um, take a walk outside of my neighborhood. I love my neighborhood. It's a family neighborhood and tree lined streets. Um, and there was a time during work, maybe when I wasn't as productive as I wanted to be or wasn't 
feeling as great about what I was doing, I would come home during lunch for work and take a walk. Um, or I know there's people in my office that they take a walk around the neighborhood during lunch to, to ensure that they're still having fun and they're connecting with other people like they, they take walks together. So I think really just focusing on, hey, when was I most happiest and how can I bring this into work and focusing on like, hey, what actually makes my life worthwhile? Is it all of this minutia at work or is it, you know, um, you know, the relationships I have? Is it you know, how am I going to spend this money? Maybe planning how you're going to spend your paycheck every week makes you happy. Like, I think that to me is, makes things a lot more fun. I think it, it changes your attitude about things. Um, and once your attitude has changed, you, you come into work with a different perspective on all of it. And it's a lot easier to have fun with what you're doing. Um, and I would say my other advice would be around letting your imagination um, take you where it wants to take you. Um, kind of forgetting all of the restrictions that work puts on you. Again, budget, resources, all of that stuff. Like, And imagine a future that you want to be a part of. Like, Imagine what this could be. Imagine what you can do and like, come up with a plan of how to make it happen if you can. Um, and, you know, I, I think that works for in your professional life, but also in your personal life. Like, I think it's always important to to allow your imagination a little room <laughs> to, to think about what could be, because um, that at least excites me a lot. Um, the present is cool. It's fun. It's whatever. But I really love thinking about the future and what, what the possibilities are. Um, I think that's fun. I, I build like really boring things at work, like whiteboard displays and like binders. <laughs> but like creating things, I like printing things out and like, like uh, I came up with an SEO strategy and I was like, yeah, and we're gonna keep like physical documentation of this and it's gonna be a book of SEO. Like that was fun to me because I love obviously creating books so I was like oh this is what we're, we're we're working on now is creating a book of SEO um which is is play for me creating something um I mean I can relate to that absolutely I mean part of what I love to do is immerse myself in the branding of whatever organization that I'm working with just because like I love tangible things and, yeah. and working in digital marketing specifically or, <laughs> Nothing is tangible. you know, just from a strategy perspective. Yeah. You don't really get many tangible things. It's all on the computer. So <laughs> I, right. I, 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 even with the projects that I work on, I make sure that I get myself tangible things. Like for example, business cards, I might hand out one of those 300 cards, but <laughs> It's something that I have that right. says my name on it and it's super cool and cute because I, you know, designed it right. and, um, yeah. And I want to be wearing a t-shirt with like similar iconography that's on the card. <laughs> and I just want this whole little ecosystem to come to life. Yeah. So I, I get an, an immense amount of pleasure from <laughs> having tangible things. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to design this and print it out and like, at the end of the year, I'm going to have an entire book, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But other people look at that, too, you know, and they think, you know, why can't I do that or why can't I have that? And I think often when those things are said, 
that sort of demonstrates like a playfulness that somebody has that that somebody's jealous of and they might not know how to sort of reach that same level as another person and i think it's again it goes back to like having that open workspace and and like having a team that allows for people to you know create their own book of seo mm-hmm. and they're not going to get yelled at so yeah um, yeah i think having a bit of freedom means a lot um and it's definitely something i seek out in jobs it's like and i think it's important for employers to provide that you know it's like set the direction set a goal and then let your employees figure out how they're going to do it and how they're going to do it in a way that makes it fun for them um, because people stick at jobs longer if the jobs are fun and they're paid well. <laughs> From construction toys, imaginative play, and being bossy, to writing fiction, starting businesses, and tackling marketing challenges, Tanya surely uses her imagination to create endless possibilities. I hope you enjoyed this episode of What Not Fun. Subscribe, share, visit our website at improv.agency. The Improv Agency strives to change the mundane way people work by using fun, collaborative methods to address key business issues and break down the barriers between work and play. At the core of our business are the tenets of improvisation that are applied through improv exercises, Lego series play, collaborative writing, and design thinking. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.